Goal zone. Deals right. Marshall still fires. He scores! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Smith to Marshall. 4-2 Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. And welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Wallace out at the Golden Circle Sportsbook at Bar from the Treasure Island. Millard out at City National Arena because he's got TV or whatever. And Chapman, not in the Chapstang, thankfully, inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Apologies to everybody. We can't talk about the Chapstang anymore because uh, we are sponsored by Finley Chevrolet, and that's a, uh, a conflict. So, uh, unfortunately, we can't bring that up anymore, which is uh, very, very good to me because it was uh, it was creepy. Maybe. Uh, we have uh, the game of the night, 11 games in the National Hockey League this evening, and I can tell you from talking to people around the league and doing uh, some other media uh, in anticipation of this day, Everybody from the East Coast to the West Coast to Canada and down to the Sun Belt is looking forward to watching the Golden Knights against the Colorado Avalanche. Why is that? Well, it's first against second. Why is that? Because in this league right now, where it's in division only, it's very hard to gauge who's really good, who's taking advantage of a weaker division, uh, who is truly on top of their game and on top of their division. And we have a team in Colorado that normally plays in the Central and has been uh, a class uh, of that division for a couple of years against the Golden Knights who have dominated the Pacific. And to date, they're neck and neck. And going into this two-game series, a one team in Colorado, if they sweep, can come out of it in first place. Vegas, if they split or sweep can come out of it still in first place. It's two teams that are, I think, I mean, I would make the argument that they're playing their their best, most consistent hockey of the season, and two teams that are rightfully exactly where they belong at the top of this division. And, you know, I think that uh, the reality of the situation is both of these teams understand that in order to get to where they want to go this season, they're going to have to end up going through one another. I think that that's kind of the crash course that the Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche are on right now. They met four times this season. Yes. Four games in a row. Mm -hmm. And out of that, we had two wins for Vegas, both by shutouts by Marc-Andre Fleury, and two wins by Colorado, both victories on the back of Philip Grubauer. It's, It's a series and we'll get both those goaltenders again tonight uh it's a series where there was nothing really decided out of it you got a big answer at the end from the golden knights when the coaches uh, changed up the lineups but when you look at the, at the four games you went mm, I, don't, I still don't know who's better between them and it going into this one you're wondering well colorado's won seven of eight Vegas has won six of seven. They're both on a roll. Who's really the hotter team? 
it's hard to it's hard to tell. There's that little between them. And for the head coach, Pete DeBoer, to him, in the middle of this shortened season, this does have the feel of a very big game. Yeah, I think so. I, I think the timing, uh, you know, we're over the halfway mark. We're into the final stretch uh, uh, of the back half of the season. Uh, both teams are fairly healthy, uh, you know, healthier than maybe the last time we played each other. Uh, so, you know, I, I think uh, when you look at the standings, you look at the importance of the points, um, you know, this is a, a good gauge, uh, I think, for both teams on, on where we're at. The players get that same vibe out of this game. They were excited about that four-game series, but a lot of the focus in that set, the middle of last month, Ryan, was mm -hmm. about Tahoe. This is a two-game set that will give one team or the other conceivably an advantage, at least psychologically, mm -hmm. if there's a sweep, uh, the, a little bit of an edge going forward. This, to me, has more influence on the season. Right or wrong? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I, I went on yesterday and said that I think whoever comes out of this series, these two games in first place, ends up winning the division. Whether that be the Golden Knights, whether they take care of business and they they get what they need to out of Colorado and, and end this, this two-game set in first place, or whether that be Colorado overtaking Vegas, I think that this right here is the race. This is what it comes down to for the division crown this season. Vegas hasn't chased too many times this year. They won game one against Colorado, lost the next two, and there was a, there was a need to answer back in that final of the four games straight against the Avalanche, and they did. Mm -hmm. That's the most adversity that this team has felt. Got swept by Minnesota, but answered right back. I, di I didn't feel like there was as much riding off the game in St. Louis coming off uh, the disappointment versus the Minnesota Wild. The adversity against Colorado, losing Tahoe and just uh, not showing their best in that first period before the big delay, kind of stung this team. They responded big time on that Monday in February at Ball Arena and they shut out the Avalanche 3-0, and they took care of business against Nathan McKinnon. And after that split, it's kind of sent a message to Colorado, we're here, we're good, but nothing was determined. And it gives the, the feeling and the vibe around this one, according to Jonathan Marcheseau, a real playoff feel. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, like it's a playoff like game tonight. I mean, they're... We're two teams that most likely will play in the playoffs, and uh, 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 I mean, we—if we, we want to win it all, we're going to have to go through each other. So it's—it's uh, it's definitely uh, uh, something to that we're kind of like preparing towards that. And uh, we obviously our team does not take any games lightly, but uh, especially against against them. I mean, they—they—they um, they, they have. Uh, some of the best players in the world uh, on the lineup. So it's on us to uh, know when we're on the ice against them and make sure that uh, we manage the puck well. And uh, if we do that against them, it's going to be a good result for us. They've been great games. Golden Knights won 3 nothing and one nothing, And it was the Avalanche taking their victories 
3-2 in both their wins. It, you know what strikes me about that? Hmm. All the offense, Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, Mikko Rantanen, Nathan McKinnon, the blue lines, they're so dynamic. The winning team has yet to break through the three-goal barrier. Yeah, I mean, it's it's we shouldn't be that surprised because when you look at these two teams just in terms of of their defensive numbers like they're among the best in the league like you know you look at goals against per game played the avalanche are third in the league at 2.26 goals allowed and the golden knights are second at 2.20 goals allowed and and that structure really hasn't left these two teams despite their ability to put the puck in the back of the net They've been very focused and very uh, intent on solid defensive game. And, and the Golden Knights specifically are, are clued in and, and really focused on shutting down Nathan McKinnon, Mikko Ranton, and Gabe Landeskog. And, you know, it, it's still been games that have had dynamic offensive uh, chances, but goaltending's been fantastic, and, and top-to-bottom team defense has been really good too. I'm going to read off uh, what the Colorado Avalanche have done in their last uh, six games. Four goals, eight goals, five goals, six goals, five goals, four goals. Vegas, counting back in their last four, five goals, four goals, one goal, five goals. I, w- I wonder if, if we're just due for one of those seven, five thrillers. You know, I don't feel like we are. And, and the only reason I, I don't think that we are is because of the intent and the focus on this game being a playoff-like game. I think that you're going to get both teams' best effort, and I'm not just talking about offensively. I think you're looking at this as a real measuring stick, at least what we've heard out of the Golden Knights is that's the case. You're not going to go out there and try to trade chances. You're going to go out there, try to play a smart road game, and get a win. Max Pacioretty skated this morning at the uh, morning skate. Do you think we see him in the lineup tonight? Uh, you know, I, I think we do. And and I think that we do because this, this, to me, has that feel of the type of game, though it's the regular season, though you're just past the halfway point, you've got a lot of hockey left to go. I think there's a lot of importance on these games specifically. There's importance on playing well against Colorado, showing that the avalanche that you can beat them and also when you look at the the standings and you look at tiebreakers and you look at where these two teams expect to be this is a game you want to win and i think that if max pacioretty is able to go if he's close enough even if he's, even if there's just a little bit of a twinge he's in the lineup because this is a game you absolutely want to win so you push it because of the importance of these two games i think so i'm on the fence on it and I, I, I can't really give you a strong argument either way. I'm conflicted whether or not it's a game that you uh, say, it, if it's a playoff game, he'd be in. Sure. If it wasn't that an important game, he'd be out. It, it falls right in between that for me. And, and part of the reason why was when, when they played the Avalanche in that decisive responding performance uh, at, to end off the four games in a row, 
they shook up the lines, and it was Alex Tuck that played on uh, the top line with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone and played so well and uh, got a lot of the credit for the hounding of Nathan McKinnon and, and the, the speed that uh, he was able to utilize uh, on the defensive side of the puck. So part of me wonders, well, if, if Patrick's on the fringe of being able to go, why don't you just wait uh, another, give him another two days rest and uh, be ready to go on, on Saturday afternoon and, and go with Alex Tuck. But the other part is, Go with your line. This is one of those ones where you, if it's a rare regular season game where you really sell out to try and pull off a win. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this one really matters. Like, as, you know, not to suggest that, that other games don't matter, but like, I, I think, you know, you look at this game, you look at this team in particular in Colorado, if you're the Golden Knights, you don't want to give up points. You just you don't want to give up points to this team. So if you've got an opportunity, if Max Pacioretty is, is well enough to go, and, and, like, I mean, you know, by degrees, right? Like, if this is a regular season game and you're playing maybe the L.A. Kings or the Anaheim Ducks, a team that, that can't, can't catch you, right? then maybe you sit Max Pacioretty. But yeah, there's you, a real head-to-head uh, uh, ramification here if you lose the two points or gain the two points. Exactly. And, and I think that in those situations, you you have to go for it. And, and I mean, there's still enough time left in the season where um, – you know, you kind of can can maybe think about getting some rest or, or getting some days off as you as you progress. But these games against Colorado are vitally important, I think, to the Golden Knights' desire and ability to win this division and set themselves up for the best possible avenue through this playoff season. I'm going to give you a subplot here to the Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights in these two games that will be played at Ball Arena in Denver. Okay. With so much attention on these two games from people watching around the National Hockey League, trying to determine uh, who's got who's got the edge, who is really the best team in the West. When they're playing head-to-head, we should have a better idea. If they split, maybe, maybe we don't, and it'll come down to games uh, seven and eight. But Philip Grubauer and Marc-Andre Fleury have uh, separated themselves and joined uh, uh, Andre Vasilevsky in, in that group for the Vesna Trophy race. They, mm-hmm. they are the three favorites right now in that conversation. Yeah. If Marc-Andre Fleury, who already has two shutouts in four games against Colorado, can come up with another brilliant performance uh, with everybody watching, I think it elevates this storyline of Marc-Andre Fleury being a finalist even more. And I think it also does the same thing for Philip Grubauer, who isn't getting the, the national press and the national attention uh, but his numbers are extremely good. And to the point where when you talk value to the team, the Colorado Avalanche have 20 wins this year, and Grubauer has 19 of them. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been one guy that has really carried all of the load for the Colorado Avalanche, and I guess that's kind of where I look at the, the advantage for the Golden Knights in terms of these two games if Colorado wants both games, they've got to play Philip Grubauer. That is what they absolutely have to do. And the Golden Knights have the luxury right now of going to Marc-Andre Fleury tonight, as we expect it to be with the rotation, and then going to Robin Leonard on Saturday. And, and you know, you, you factor in that it's a, it's a night game today, but Saturday they go uh, in, in, a, in a matinee performance, and there's a little bit less rest, and it's going to be a little bit less rest for Philip Grubauer, but not the case for Robin Leonard. So, you're going to have presumably a fresher goaltender on Saturday and a goaltender that, you know, is 5-1-1 one, and one on the season. And 
is really doesn't have a lot of hockey that, that's that's in terms of mileage on his body this season. The other subplot is MVP. A year ago, you could make a strong case that Nathan McKinnon was robbed and should have been the Hart Trophy winner based on yep. doubling uh, his closest teammate in points. If you go by the most valuable to your team, yeah, uh, I, I would have uh, been accepting that. I had no problem with Leon Dreisaitl winning the award. Mm-hmm. Right now, Nathan McKinnon's coming, and that top line is blitzing right now for the Colorado Avalanche. McKinnon's up to 12th in league point production. Uh, Miko Rantanen is 6th. Mark Stone is 5th. Again, it goes to national exposure and the attention that this game is garnering around the 30, uh, 31 teams in the National Hockey League, and it's not just Vegas and Denver that are paying attention to this game. Uh, a big performance by one of those two players just elevates the conversation and and sticks in the back of the uh, the old memory bank. And Pacioretty's status, uh, how much does that help uh, Mark Stone and, and be comfortable and, and, and get it done? I think that uh, with the goaltending, uh, up front between McKinnon and Stone is a real head-to-head matchup. Well, it's it's interesting that you bring up Nathan McKinnon because yes, he is he is starting to kind of get to that level where we expect Nathan McKinnon to be with with multi-point games and just really on a tear. In this four-game series so far between Colorado and Vegas, Nathan McKinnon has four points, two goals, two assists in four games, and you factor in that uh, it, the two wins by the Golden Knights were shutouts, it's, it's essentially vitally important for the Golden Knights to shut down Nathan McKinnon. If Nathan McKinnon at, it is productive, then it's hard to beat Colorado. If he isn't productive, if you shut him down, then you've got a really good chance. And Mark Stone, by, by you know on the other side, one assist in four games. So I look at this as an opportunity for Mark Stone to kind of have one of those big captain moments. We've seen him do it uh, all season long. He's going to establish himself in this rivalry, in this series, and I think these two games are going to be big in terms of production for Mark Stone. No Braden McNabb the last time they played. Yeah. What do you think is, but they did have Alex Petrangelo. Mm-hmm. What do you think the, the trade off there is for the Golden Knights in this game? Well, I think I think Braden McNabb's been really solid since coming back from uh, from injury, and and with McNabb and Nick Holden, you've got more of a veteran presence out there in terms of of that. You that. stay with Holden? You go. I, I think so. Yeah, I think I do. Like, and and that's nothing against Dylan Coglin, but I think in this in this particular instance, when you're playing against Colorado. I think you need your defensemen to defend well. I think you need to be in front of Nathan McKinnon as much as possible, and you've got to just focus in on defending and defending well as a structured five-man unit. And I I think that Nick Holden kind of just gives you that just based on how many games he's played in the NHL. Uh, For me, I, I like the idea of going to that pair, and it's really going to be about more than just the two defensemen. Like, you're going to need a strong performance, I think, defensively out of a guy like Alex Tuck to really apply back pressure when he's on the ice with Nathan McKinnon because you don't have last change and because Colorado's going to look for those pockets to, to get away from matchups. You're going to need all five men to really do a number on McKinnon. I'll tell you what, the, the idea that you have a great uh, line in the Misfits who can shut down and play defensively uh, as much as anybody in, in the league. Mm-hmm. They, they have a 200-foot game. Uh, 
Yes. And it's really, really unique that they're so responsible defensively with Riley and, and William Carlson uh, and, and Marcia so, uh, but can also push the pace uh, offensively. But then if you ever get caught in, in, in a matchup, like Mark Stone, uh, w- we're lauding him as the favorite to win the Selkie Trophy as best defensive forward. Being yeah. able to have that versatility between those two lines where if you're caught in a, in a matchup, uh, there and Tuck, if he plays on the third line, Pacioretty's able to go. You've got some some wiggle room there and some real range to take the heat off the coach in having to make those quick changes and uh, and get people on and off the ice, which disrupts your rhythm uh, going forward for your for your forwards. It gives you a, a lot of advantage with the separation and the uh, distribution of defensive responsibilities and capabilities. Yeah, I, I, I agree completely. And, you know, that's that's what I think has been kind of the biggest thing for the Golden Knights this season is when we look at Alex Tuck, we get kind of, I don't want to say pulled in or caught up on the offensive numbers, which have been phenomenal, but it's really his attention to detail and commitment to using his speed and his legs on the defensive side of the puck. I think that's been the biggest takeaway for me as to why Alex is having such a big season for the Golden Knights. He's not sacrificing the defensive game, and that is what's proving to be so effective for him. I want to see it again. Sure. Yeah, Does that I make get it. me a bad person? No. I want to see it again against the Colorado Avalanche in these two games. It may, maybe it's not perfect, but I want to see how he reacts because he got so much positive praise yep. out of that game uh, the fourth game, the 3 nothing shutout that that gave the, the Golden Knights the springboard to go 12-3 and three in the 15 games since. The confidence that they responded uh, in that game elevated them to a new level. Alex Tuck, I know he's got speed and I've seen a lot more determination to take the puck to the uh, opposition net. I want to see two full games of him being that defensive guy and being able to turn it on offensively and being able to carry that through. And I'm, it's, it's one of the, the highlights that I've got circled, uh, the matchups that I've got circled to watch how Alex Tuck responds in these two games. Yeah, I think that's, that's absolutely fair. And, you know, from what we've seen of, of Alex and kind of the consistency that he's been playing with this season, I, I think you're going to get it. And, and I think the, the main point that you bring up is it's not going to be perfect. There, there will be times where it, it's just not going to work out. He's not going to be able to make the play. I just want to see that he makes them more often than not. That's the, that's the direction that we're looking at in terms of Alex Tuck's ability to affect the game defensively against the Colorado Avalanche. Because Colorado comes at you in waves. Yeah, they, they have do. six players with double digits and scoring. That, I mean, they're, they're good. That's astronomical. Vegas has, Vegas has three. And, and Vegas likes to think that they can go up and down the ice, and they go up and down the ice and up and down the ice again. Chandler Stevenson goes around and around and around. Uh, they can push the pace and can get you in transition. And Colorado has even more depth uh, on the scoring front. That, that second line with Kadri mm-hmm. is, and uh, uh, the Brandon Saad, they, they've been really good Al- almost since the, the, the same time frame uh, against the Golden Knights. They've really been clicking. So uh, this, is, this is going to be uh, one where 
I, I think both clubs will need their fourth lines, and that's been, been proven in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you go deeper and deeper into a series, uh, those, those can sometimes get lost through the course of a, of a set. But this is also one where, with the, all due respect to the meat grinders and, uh, and what, uh, what the PA, uh, Belmar has done, uh, I, I do think that that this is going to be one where the top nine are going to to win this. Uh, with with all dis, uh, respect to uh, Pierre Edward. Yeah, I think that's perfectly fair, and you know it's it's going to come down to the Golden Knights, their configuration of the top nine. Who's in the top nine? Are we going to see Cody Glass back in the lineup for the Golden Knights mm-hmm. or not? And how how much does that top nine match in terms of depth scoring, specifically third line production against the Colorado Avalanche? It's going to be fun to watch. Chandler Stevenson has been great. Yep. William Carlson is coming on a multi point game. Uh, we have that third line center spot that's uh, just a little bit in flux. Uh, has has Thomas Nosek done enough to stay in that spot? I'd like to see him. I, I mean, like Nosek with with Wah and Talk has been very effective at generating scoring chances and limiting offensive chances against. So, I mean, in this particular instance, if Max Pacioretty is able to go, I think you go with it. I think you give it a shot. You, t- so, you take a look at what it looks like against Colorado. So if Pacioretty goes because you want the best possible line, like you're mm-hmm. willing to, to, I mean, no player is going to play if they're hurt. Sure. But if it's something that's just nagging or you can, you can play through, that's a different story. If you're willing to go on that with Pacioretty in the lineup, what do you do with your, with your Cody Glass do you play him because you think that does that in Ryan Wallace's mind give you the best chance to win or is it another player that you put in the lineup because I'm, this isn't a load management you're coming off two days rest yeah. the last two day break right now tonight mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a pretty strong indication of where they are in their thinking of certain players at this point in the season I mean I, I like Nosek with Wah and with Tuck. So I, that's my third line. If, if you're asking me to make the decision, that's my third line. In terms of your fourth line and where I think the Golden Knights can gain a bit of an advantage is if you want Cody Glass in the lineup, and I, I particularly do want Cody Glass in the lineup, I'd play Cody Glass with Will Carrier and Ryan Reeves. I, I would have Cody Glass fourth line center. There's, there's Ask him to do defensively what he needs to do with that line get get in on the forecheck play that style and then allow Cody Glass to play on the power play and and you've got a guy that can make really really smart heady plays on the power play and he's going to have legs he's going to have the ability to to have some energy and and some freshness in those situations because I think special teams are going to be important against Colorado Really, the penalty killers have been the most important head-to-head against the Colorado Avalanche. In four games, the Avs didn't score a power play goal against the Golden Knights. I think Vegas had two uh, over the four games. Uh, The PK had much more of an impact. And and isn't it strange? The Avalanche are middle of the road in the National Hockey League in power play, and Vegas is 19th. We discuss all the dangerous players on both sides of the puck being able to put it in the net and 
the two power plays aren't in the top 15. Make sense of that for me. I can't. I, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. It's it's nonsensical, but there here we are. I mean, I like I, I could I could make sense of it. Hockey is weird sometimes. Like, you know, there's a lot of chance involved in in hockey. So, there you go. That that's what it is. There it is. I watched the power play by uh, of Colorado's the other night against the Arizona Coyotes. Yep. And Nathan McKinnon had the puck at the point. He deked around uh, an opposition player, got it to the top of the circles, then danced back, stick-handled back to the point position, and skated across the ice onto the other hash marks. And I was texting with a, with a coach in the National Hockey League. He happened to be watching the game himself. And I said, what other power play has somebody that, that does that? And how do they not score all the time? And uh, the coach responded with, I think McKinnon confuses everybody, including his own team, because he's just so dazzling with the puck. And it's half tongue-in-cheek, half uh, 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 truthfulness. But it's it's a different side of the game that, that Connor McDavid is getting much better at. Yeah. But the in-zone pressure and ability to make plays for Nathan McKinnon separates himself uh, from from Connor McDavid. I, I'm still a Connor McDavid guy, first and foremost. Sure. But he's transitioned, and he's getting better in the end zone. Uh, McKinnon can do both. For me, it's, it goes back to kind of something that we talked about the last, two, that the last time these two teams played. Uh, Nathan McKinnon may be more dangerous one-on-five than he is with a bunch of other guys on his team kind of getting – for lack of a better term, getting in the way. Like Nathan McKinnon, when he just go and he doesn't have any other safety valves to to, to turn to, he's almost more dangerous. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Absolutely. Do you have a prediction uh, for tonight? I say say the score is 3-2. That's all I'm giving you. (laughs) Well, that's uh, really going out in a limb. Uh, I know, right? It's going to be a one-goal game. That's that's well done. Uh, I'm I'm of the belief that, that Vegas really responds tonight. And, and they win. I won't give you a score, but I think Vegas wins this hockey game because it means so much. Uh, it means so much to both teams, but two days off will feel like a month off, and I think they jump on it, and they capitalize. And that, that, that uh, going into Saturday, not playing catch-up is going to be huge. We'll take a break uh, when we continue. One-timers and this special shortened edition of the VGK Insider Show, the pregame show for the Vegas Golden Knights and Colorado Avalanche uh, takes us uh, over at the top of the uh, clock. But uh, development with the Buffalo Sabres as we continue here on the VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. On to the near wing. Big shot, he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. Here's the latest on the Montreal Canadiens. The first uh, team from the North Division to be placed into a COVID pause situation. They're hopeful they can return to practice Monday. Four games were postponed this week due to COVID protocol. The team saying there is one player that the test came back positive and there was close contact. So the league didn't want to take any chances. This is according to Mark Bergevin, the general manager. They retested, they came back positive again, but so far it hasn't spread. So that's great for the Montreal Canadiens that they will go through. Much the same as uh, what Vegas experienced uh, from a player perspective. One player was positive in uh, Alex Petrangelo, but it didn't uh, spread out uh, through the team. So uh, Montreal, 
looks like they'll be able to get back going uh, on Monday, at least from a practice point of view. Uh, the Calgary Flames uh, calling it the low of the lows after being swept by the Ottawa Senators in their two-game series. And Brady Kachuk, this is the little game within the game, Brady mm -hmm. Kachuk is giving Matthew Kachuk a run. We all thought it was Brady and the Ottawa Senators to finish last in that division. Yep. Uh, it's, it's a lot closer. Oh, what do you think? I mean, I wouldn't bring that up to, to Matthew that he's within strike, that Brady's within striking distance. Wait, like, like just you wouldn't or? Because, like, if I'm, if I'm Brady, I'm texting him that every day. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bragging rights, buddy. Come on. Wow. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres are on the ice right now. Yep. And they are playing a game with their general manager as the head coach, much right. like the Golden Knights did when Kelly McCrimmon stepped behind the bench against the St. Louis Blues. Uh, Kevin Adams is coaching. He was an assistant coach for a couple of years uh, under Lindy Ruff. So there is some experience there, although he's never ran the bench in a National Hockey League game. The reason why Kevin Adams is coaching tonight, uh, he did not make another change. He's already uh, made the switch with uh, Ralph Kruger being relieved of his duties. Uh, the interim head coach and the assistant coach, interim assistant coach, uh, Don Granado and Matt Ellis have both been placed into COVID protocol. So the Sabres, while they're trying to snap a 15-game losing streak, are now onto their third different coach in two weeks running the bench. If that's not chaos, what is? This will probably be the one they win. Could be. They're playing a back-to-back -back against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, yes. And it didn't go particularly well yesterday. No. So, uh, yeah, this will probably be the one that they win. They're goalless in the first period. The Buffalo Sabres That's lost last night against Pittsburgh, set the record for the longest losing streak in National Hockey League history in the shootout era. <laughs> now, th why they say the shootout era is because <laughs> it's teams have been able to pull out wins in the shootout in games that they maybe maybe. Should, shouldn't have yeah. shouldn't have won yeah. and and there's no ties right so uh it's just this it is very hard me. to do this yes. is very hard to do that's that's the best way to sum it up well done ryan you're Rose. welcome best it's really difficult to lose 15 games in a row when there's a winner in every game right wow uh, it's really hard. Well, you could say it was it was hard to lose 15 games in a row uh, before. Uh, what do we think? So I went on yesterday and said, talked about Andre Vasilevsky winning 12 games in a row for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. I was talking to our friend Kevin Woodley from Ingle Magazine. Hold on, hold on. It's yeah. one nothing Pittsburgh. Okay, good. There's the update. Uh, I was talking to Kevin Woodley, and uh, we were discussing things, and it came up. The record that Vasilevsky broke was set by Louis Domingue of the Tampa Bay Lightning, who was like the second or third guy <laughs> with the organization a couple yeah. of years ago. So if the record you break was uh, was held by a guy who was like out of the organization the next year, is it that big of a deal? I mean, I think it's a big deal for Andre Vasilevsky. Like... Like if we put, do we do? Should we be putting that much stock into that record when Louis Domingue uh, held it? He set that record two years ago, and I, he's not even in the NHL anymore. I mean, probably not. But 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to take that away from Andre Vasilevsky. If you want to, that's totally fine. But you're a goalie. You shouldn't want to take that away from him. I shouldn't, but I'm trying to boost up uh, Mark andre Fleury's chances. No, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, and I understand what you're doing. But, you know, like if you want to be the guy that just kind of diminishes what goaltenders do, that's that's totally fine. You do you. It's, uh, part of being fair, you got you got to be sort of a contrarian every now and then <laughs> just for people to take you seriously. If you don't, if you're just a yes guy all the time, nobody's no, ever going to take you seriously. It, it's fine. I I am here for you diminishing goaltenders. Go for it. Dallas Stars only have 10 wins this year. If Vegas wins tonight, they'll have at least 10 wins at both home and away. Right, because the Golden Knights are really, really good, and the Dallas Stars ha- got started um, behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, they're, they're, with it, they're without Tyler Sagan. Like, they're banged up, and they're playing a ton of hockey. It's tough. It is tough. Uh, those are your one-timers for this Thursday, March 20th. We have uh, Catching Up with Chapman coming up next on VGK Insider Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Uh, one more note uh, that happened during the commercial break between the uh, Buffalo Sabres situation, trying to end a 15-game losing streak tonight as they face the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Pittsburgh started a kid that, uh, that is playing his first NHL game, Radim Sahorna, mm-hmm. Czech kid. Uh, he scored his first NHL goal. It just That's the way it goes right now for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, as we catch up with Chapman ahead of this game against the Colorado Avalanche tonight for the VGK. Yeah, Darren, I know you had your... Uh someone who put you in check on the Chirp podcast yesterday. So I, I had my old guy moment today. I got real excited because I bought something, and when I got home, I, I unpacked it, and I was like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever, hooked it up, and then I realized I'm really, really old to be excited about a vacuum cleaner. I went out and bought one of those Rumbas. Roomba? Roomba. I like Rumba. Makes me think it's, of of dancing. There's no there's there's no you in it. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's it's R O or R O O M P A. But I yeah, I spelled like, Roomba. Yeah, Roomba. I know. But I like Rumba, right? It makes you think. But it's of, not Rumba. I get that. It's fine. I'll can I'll I call, ask a question? Yes. Who put me in my place yesterday? I thought you said that you no. I thought you said someone. You had the guy on the Chirp podcast. Who, who John Ham? Yes. Who who put you in check? The guy. John Ham. The land. Well, yeah, he just said. Uh, I asked him if he got to go up in a jet. Uh, because he's in the new Top Gun movie. And he said the U.S. government's very particular about who flies their <laughs> $70 million aircraft. Uh, and, and, no, the 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 inside – Chapman, it's an inside joke with me and Darren. You weren't a part of yeah, it. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. I, I, I'm not a part of everything with the show. But, uh, yeah, so so I got I got the, the Roomba. How's there it you go. And it's it's pretty cool. My I, I was anticipating my dog to be completely freaked out by it. And she wasn't like she was more curious than she was free. Like she hates the regular vacuum cleaner. Yeah. But this thing actually runs pretty quiet. So she was not like freaking out about it. She was kind of following it around and watching it and seeing what it was. But I really expected holy hell to happen with the dog. How long did you watch the vacuum before you got bored? Oh, I didn't watch it very long. I watched it go under the couch. I was like, oh, that's good because her hair does get under the couch. It's hard to, to clean. But, uh, I, I went and ate lunch while it was doing its thing. but uh, Did you drop crumbs in front of it just, no, to, no. just to make it work? No, because when you initially get it, it's not charged for very long. So it only ran for about 15 minutes before it had to uh, 
go back to its dock and, and, do you, and do you not read the instructions you're supposed to charge it for like 15 hours before yeah. your first use no it says three hours it said it's, three it's hours it's never going to work at full capacity I, I just checked my app and it told me it's fully charged i could i could push play right now from my phone while i'm yeah. here doing catching up with chapman and uh my rumba, which which you get to it's, name, by the way. It's not rumba. It's Roomba. Rumba. You, the, when you do the app, it asks you to name your rumba. R- Roomba. Okay, what did you name it? Hachiko. Why didn't you name it rumba? Because it's 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 already named rumba. At so. least that would make sense. At least if that was the name of the thing, it would make sense instead of you just saying the wrong thing. How about how about how about chap room? Or how about chapba? <laughs> Chapa. <laughs> the Chapa. No, we, we went with Hachiko. Uh, we've got uh, the VGK pregame show coming up, uh, the date against the Colorado Avalanche, and it's Ryan Wallace um, taking over from that and double duty uh, tonight, as he does every night to win the VGK play, uh, chatting with Stormy Bonatoni, and Keegan Kolasar will be a special guest of Dan Duva. As we look ahead to this uh, battle between the top two teams in the West Division, maybe I'll even stop by in the postgame show, see what happens then. Chapman will be vacuuming. VGK, Colorado Avalanche, next on Fox Sports Las Vegas.